Welcome to This Is Influence. It's a show about how B2B brands and execs can become more influential. My guest this week is Timothy Hughes, the CEO and founder at DLA Ignite, an expert in social selling and the author of the acclaimed book, Social Selling. Tim has been recognized by LinkedIn as one of the top eight global sales experts to follow and named as a top influencer by Onalytica. We discuss the future of sales, how social selling is reshaping traditional sales approaches. We discuss the personal branding revolution. We look at the significant ways that personal branding is evolving and how it plays a critical role in the success of your social selling strategies for enterprise brands. We also look at measuring success. We examine the valuable KPIs that you can measure to see whether or not your social selling strategies are effective, both now and in the future. This is an absolutely fascinating conversation. I learned a ton from this. I know that you will as well. So this is old. This is new. This is Influence. Tim Hughes, welcome to This is Influence. Thank you, Nathan. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It is going to be great fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. There's a lot to cover, so let's try and dig into as much as we can. Let's go straight to it. I want to start with some reports that have said that cold calling and email marketing is less and less effective. Mm. HubSpot recently showed through their research that you can kind of expect a 98% failure rate, which I found quite shocking using these techniques. If that's true, caveat, if that's true, we need a different approach. Maybe just define what social selling is and maybe talk about some of those stats because they're, they're quite shocking to me. Yeah, so the stats that HubSpot came up with that that, that um, email marketing has a 98% failure rate is actually from their own data. It's across all of their um, their customers. Uh, and they put this out during COVID. It's some, some fantastic insights. And it actually shows that the more um, emails you send, the less response you get. But anyway, so we have a definition from social selling because... What we felt when we set up the company was that we could see that this there was this this thing going on where the output from cold calling and email marketing was getting less and less. And you can, you know, we can understand that. We're we're constantly being attacked by people through um, uh, cold calling or whatever, and legislation like GDPR, technology. So, for example, I can now tell on my iPhone who's calling me, whether it's a cold call or not. We're just not taking this stuff. And from a social selling perspective, what we've done is that we've come up with our own methodology. And we have a definition for social selling, which is using your presence and behavior on social media to build influence, make connections, grow relationships and trust, which leads to conversational and commercial interaction. What we're doing is that we're using social media to create conversations. So I was speaking at a conference yesterday and someone said, yeah, well, social selling won't work for us. We can't do all of our transaction on social. We're not saying that. What we're doing is that we're using social media as a mechanism to get conversations. Because what you sell, what I sell requires us to have conversations. The more of them that we have, the more sales that we're going to make. And that makes intuitive sense to me. If Presumably, if we're using platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter and other, other social platforms that have millions and millions of people, or at least the people who are your ideal target customers, if you can start relationships with them, if you can build good relationships with them on social, it can lead to new business relationships. 
what I want to focus on for this conversation is actually how do we do that? So I'm going to come, I'm, I'm going to come back to that in, in a moment. Okay. But I'm very reluctant to say that any form of marketing is dead. Whenever anyone says that to me, I'm, I always look at it quite skeptically. I'm sure there are people that are still getting fantastic results from email marketing, cold calling. Is there a way that traditional sales and marketing can work hand in hand with the more modern social selling? Is, is it totally dead? Well, we see a legacy sales and marketing as really being not providing the results that people need today. If we look at email marketing, we've moved from measuring open rates. So no one ever talks about re- how much revenue is generated from email marketing, but I can talk to you how much revenue is generated by um, social selling. Um, you know, if we're going to enter into any form of marketing, it doesn't matter what happens. If I spend a pound with you, with you, I expect you to give me 10, 20 or 100 pounds or dollars back. There has to be a return on it. And just measuring open rates. I mean, currently with email marketing, people are just measuring whether an email actually lands in somebody's inbox. I mean, it's insane. Um, and from a cold calling perspective, what we now have from, um, let, you know, let's talk about some figures from a social selling perspective. We've taken a team of people who were cold callers. They're now doing cold outreach with um, social selling. They're not using any other methods. Um, and the, and um, what they're getting is a 9% response rate. Now, whenever you make any cold call or email, what you're looking for is a next action. You're looking for the discovery call, a demo or something like that. And we're now getting a 33.6% response to next action. There is no facility, email marketing, advertising, cold calling that will give you that. Now, the question I would have to people is, if you can get that response, why are you wasting your time doing all this other stuff where you're not getting a response? And what always happens, we always get people saying, shall we carry on doing it? And we go, yeah, right, yeah, whatever you want to do. Um, and then at the point where you go, they say, so why, why didn't you stop us doing it? Well, well, you know, you wanted to do it. If you're, you know, I've got SDRs that are complaining that they have too many meetings in the week. Great problem to have. You know, I've got an SDR that's got 25 meetings. And he said, I can't, he said, I'm, you know, because people want to talk to them. And the other, the other the side to it is that this team of cold callers, when they were cold calling, they hated it. Mm. They hated the job. They didn't want to come to work. Um, they thought that sales was 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 rubbish. Now they're in a situation where they say they love it. They think this is the they they've actually found their purpose because they you know you know we've always said in sales this is about helping people, but they actually see it now as that that, that people that that people want to be helped and people want to talk to them. When I was doing cold calling back in the day out of university. Nobody wanted to speak to me and I hated my job and I hated my life and I wanted to quit and I actually did quit from a couple of jobs because it was soul destroying. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I totally understand what you mean. So going back to that example then, I mean, fantastic results that you've generated. Talk us through what those social sellers are actually doing. Maybe back up a little bit and just give us an idea of like, what is the proposition? Who are they selling to? What level of seniority? How long is the sales cycle typically? And then what are the actions that they are doing in social selling to get those results? So so the figures that we're giving you are from our own team. So we're selling social selling. Right. The people that we generally sell it to are people in marketing, sales leaders. Um, the sales cycle can be anything from, um, I just sold one in a week. It can be anything up to 18 months. But what we're doing is that we then go out and we, we're empowering our customers to do that and we're getting similar figures from that. 
So, you know, we're working with an ERP system um, company. We're working with um, supply chain software company. Because my background is in tech, generally a lot of the people and my network is is, is tech related. Um, but we can work with any, organ- you know, any B2B organization where there's a conversation required. We have that conversation. Now, to, to, to actually talk about what, what are we doing? Well, there's three things that you need to have. The first thing that you have to understand is that life has changed. And I know for some people this is difficult. And the fact is that the buyer, the reason why this, the reason why the internet is so amazing is that we can go on and do research and we don't need to have the, the salesperson involved. We don't like salespeople. We don't trust them. We don't believe a word they say. And we know that we're just going to become a line on a CRM if we actually um, talk to them. And then, they, then they're going to ring us up and say, can we, can we, um, can you buy, you know, are you going to buy it this week? And then they ring me next week and say, you know, and so, the first thing that we need is to have what we call a biocentric profile. Now, some people call it a personal brand, but I kind of think that sounds like it's more like Richard Branson. I can't be Richard Branson, but any SDR, AE salesperson can have a, a, a biocentric profile. This is a profile that your buyer will think is interesting. You know, so for example, if you're selling accounting systems, you'll have information on there about, um, about how you can help, about the business issues that you solve. The other thing is that there's this old adage that people buy people. What we're looking for is an expert, someone that can help us. We're not looking for someone that's going to try and sell us something and then disappear. So what we're looking for is personality. You know, we understand that you work for an organization and we understand that you work in sales, but your LinkedIn profile is your profile. It's your ability to showcase yourself. You sail at the weekend, you take the kids swimming, you um, you you play football. We've got a, um, we're training a company at the moment where the, one of the, the, the SDRs played American football for the, for, for, for Great Britain. Huh. Okay. Now, 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 I've told you that, and you were, and you're going. Tell me, you know, it's like tell me more, tell me more. How, 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 how come? You know, you know, like it's and, different, and, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what we what we're looking for is your personality. Now, everybody has everybody has done something. Every you know, you're the only USP today is you. What you've done, what you know, because most products that you sell, I know that you say that you're unique. I did it when I was. Um, selling accounting systems, but actually they're all the same. And in fact, even though there may have been some unique selling points, the the buyer can't actually tell the difference between the different products. The only thing that we have is ourselves to sell and our personalities. And so what we're doing is that we're using LinkedIn as the ability to put ourselves out. It's a shop window to the world. And when we go to LinkedIn, we know that we go and we go boring, 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 boring. Oh, that's interesting. And we need to be the that's interesting. Now, you know, we've got customers that are doing multi-million dollar deals because people are searching on LinkedIn. They're being found and they're saying, I think you can help me. You know, Namos Consulting, uh, our 120-person Oracle consultancy, they did did a $2.6 million deal through a person walking towards the salesperson and saying, I think you can help me. The conversation takes place and then um, they, they sign it up. They got another half a million dollars out of them as well. I've got a million questions just based on that alone, Tim. 
Okay, so so um, the the second thing that you need is is to have um, you you need to to have a network. So this is a digital territory. Now, if I'm selling to um, GlaxoSmithKline and I'm not connected to anybody, you're not going to sell to them. Um, but um, if you're um, if the more connections you have within a company, the more likely they're going to see you and they're going to see your content and they're going to see your influence. Now, the mistake that people make is that they think this is all about selling and actually it's not. It's a social network. It's called social media, right? So if you connect to me and say, hey, I'm Nathan and I've got this great product, I'll just go ignore because I don't, I, you, I may be passing up the, the biggest opportunity in my life, but I'm not interested because I don't know who you are. I don't know the product and I don't know the company and I don't care. Now, I know people are passionate about this stuff, but this is not about you. This is about the buyer. It's the buyer that's in control now. And this is what I'm talking about is how the salesperson can start taking control of the situation. So what you do is you build a network. You can have about 200 connections, send a 200 connection requests a week through LinkedIn. If you're not doing that, that's a massive mistake from a salesperson's perspective. You need to be focusing on the accounts that you want to sell to, the people that are influencing those accounts and building that network. You know, SDRs need to have... You know, an SDR needs to have, for me to employ an SDR, I'd want them to have a network of 2,000, 3,000 people, yeah? And and remember that whenever you've got those things, you've got them for life. The third thing that you need is content. We know that the modern buyer is on digital and they're looking for insight. They're not looking for brochures. They're not looking for brochureware. They're looking for... They're looking for something that's going to tell them something new, something they can take back to the office and say, I found this. There's a guy on the internet called Nathan. He seems to understand our problems. This is the this is the the, the, the blog that he wrote. Look, it's got the five things that resonates with us. And someone will say, why don't we give him a call? Let's get him in. Let's have a chat with him. Now, th- these so the three things you need, biocentric profile, a wide and varied network, and you need content. If you're creating the content yourself, if even better, because it's authentic, it's then it's the authentic Nathan. Um, anybody who comes to my LinkedIn profile, you will see this. You will see different types of content, uh, written content, video. Um, I also have a, I, I, I myself run a podcast, um, but it's about creating content that's going to be consumed by different people. So at that point, you've got the, the, the foundation to use. And at that, what you can do is then use this as a way. If you're going to do cold outreach, you just connect to people. But don't do it in a spammy way. This is about you starting conversations. And don't forget, we, all buyers can smell salespeople at 100 miles. So, yeah, so all of those things about trying to close them immediately, you will just get people shutting down. You, so why we use LinkedIn... It's not LinkedIn training. We teach people how to be social, how to use social media. So we'd actually use Twitter as well. Um, And part of that is to understand the modern buyer and the psychology behind that and also the the business acumen. So I've just actually come off from training some some people. And immediately they said, well, we've got, we've run a webinar and we've got 15 leads. What do we do? And I said, well, you connect to them. They say, well, shall shall we connect to them and ask a question? I said, no, don't ask them a question straight away because that's what a salesperson would do. First of all, what the objective is to connect. 
And when you connect to people, remember that they have a, um, they're making a decision to connect to you or not. They're in the controlling seat. So when you connect to people, what you're doing is, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's some old, old things like um, people like flattery. So, you know, when you connect a person, what I said is that, you know, um, you attended this webinar, I hope you really enjoyed it. You seem like a real expert in this area. I think I could learn something from you. Can we connect? You'll get 100% connection request from that, acceptance from it. Because what you've done is you flattered them saying, I think I can learn from you. Whereas if you go, um, did you attend that webinar and these are my products and services, you'll get a very little response rate from it. Do you want to book a call? Yeah, do you want to book a call? Can, can we do it next Tuesday or next Thursday? You know, we know all that shit. You know, we're not stupid. Um, and the buyers are in control. And, and, and we have to, and so I'm, I'm not anti-sales. I'm a salesperson myself. But I think what we have to do is, it's about um, having a digital sales team is not just about it's not just about using LinkedIn because that's a bit like me showing you how to use a car and you know say so, well it's the steering wheel and the, the and the the gear stick and the pedals and then when you get to a traffic light and it's on red you don't know what to do right so you know so there's a there's a law of the jungle that you need to understand as well and part of that is psychology and part of that is business acumen um, and what we do is that we train people how to do that. And what we're all about is generating revenue. This is not about putting flowers on your profile or anything like that. This is about, you know, if you do this, you do this, you do this, you get revenue, just like any sales methodology. So one thing that jumps out to me straight away here is time to value, because I totally understand those those three elements. Create a compelling profile that makes you look like an expert, build a network of people that you can connect with and ultimately sell to and create content. All of that in my mind as a marketer and as a salesperson takes time to, to develop those, those three muscles and, and, and have it running um, on a consistent basis. What is the typical time to value from, right, I'm a company, I want to start a social selling program. I've got a number of SDRs here. How long does it take me to go from day one to actually start generating conversations and ultimately booking some new meetings? Because I can see why the traditional approaches to sales and marketing are attractive because actually the time to value can be quicker. You know, you pick up a phone, you start dialing 100 numbers, one can turn into a a conversation pretty quickly or you send out a thousand emails and you can, you know, you can generally sort of get some sort of interest. You'll piss off 999 people, but you maybe get one uh, lead lead pretty quickly. What I'm seeing from here is that actually there's a lot of time invested up front, but actually the results after that are pretty significant. Okay, so I agree and I disagree with you. Okay, tell me. So first and foremost, you need to have a biocentric profile. That will take you a day. So if you invest a day... You know how you used to pick up the phone. What you now do is you pick up your MacBook and you um, connect to people. And so by investing that day, I can now get nine meetings rather than one meeting. Which would you prefer to do? Nine. <laughs> okay. So by investing a day in your profile, you can get nine meetings. And, and that's it. You know, this is, and the thing is, is that the problem, well, one of the problems with cold calling is that we have this thing called prime selling time. We can only sell between eight o'clock or, or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, I, I have people that social sell when they put the kids to bed at night. Completely. 
And actually, to your point, I get messages from prospects at like 4 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and I've got, you know, there are people that have, have, have gotten in touch with me. So there is no such thing as prime selling time. Well, you know, there there is if you're doing outbound and you're calling because you have to doing it during work hours. You you know, if, if you cold call me at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I definitely, I, I'm going to show you, you will not, well, you won't, you won't speak no, to me. Um, you wouldn't be happy. But, you know, the, the, the time that when when we can do things has basically shifted. Yeah. And this is one, and, and there's, there's, a, there's something else as well, is that when we, that one of the problems that sales leaders have is that they have salespeople talking to people that will never buy from them. Because some people will say, well, I, I'm kind of interested in Nathan's podcast, but I think that Tim Hughes is an idiot. Um, and okay, okay, and people are, are able to, to, to say that. Fine, if they do that, they're never going to come to me on social and say, Tim, I think you talked a great load of sense. Can I talk to you further? So I've qualified them out. So I won't waste my time. I mean, how many meetings have you like driven for an hour, gone for a meeting and then driven back for an hour and the person sent an email to you saying, I don't like you and I'm never going to buy from you. And you've wasted three hours. You know, what we're able to do with social media is because we're positioning ourselves, this is me, this is who I am, this is my, this is, this is what I believe in. And because we're doing that, we're able to qualify out the people that um, we don't want. Now, they may turn around and say, well, I don't like Tim, but I really like Nathan. But, you know, the company doesn't matter. They're still going to sell something because Nathan's going to sell it. Um, but this is just a way of what we're doing with social. It's not just about the fact that we're able to scale and scale faster than using traditional methods. This is about us actually using efficiencies. So we're able to talk to the actual people that we need to talk to rather than wasting our time talking to the people that we don't need to talk to. Let's talk about how we measure the effectiveness of, of social selling. And I'm sure that there are a number of like leading indicators that tell you that you're making progress and, and that you're on the right track. Ultimately, what people want is leads and sales, but that may take some time to get to and to sort of measure, you know, the effectiveness of that. What are some of the other measures and leading indicators that tell you that you're on the right track and that you're making progress? Before you get to the CRM, you should be looking at how many connection requests people are sending. How many of those are being accepted? How many conversations people are getting off the back of that? Now, um, the, 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 the conversations that are taking place in DM. Now, a conversation isn't by my staff. A conversation is, um, hey, what are you doing at the weekend? Um, because what we're doing is that we, we, we're trying to build um, trust with that person till the person turns around and we can say, we seem to have a lot in common. Can we have a call? Mm. Those are the things that we would measure before we would get to the CRM. I'll give you an example. One of um, my colleagues, one of the posts that he put out, which had the most response, is about Led Zeppelin. Mm. And put out a post, and the post get, went like this. He said, at the end of the, he said, on Friday night, he said, oh, he said, well, he said, my wife and I are big Led Zeppelin fans. And my wife starts um, playing Led Zeppelin, which is the time when I need to finish up and go and join the family. So I know as soon as I hear a Led Zeppelin <laughs> album on Friday night, I basically start finishing up and I go and join the family for the weekend. Right. And what's your favorite Led Zeppelin song? Okay, really cool. 
Yeah. And and so people going in, it's when the levee breaks, it's um, Stairway to Heaven, my favourite's Kashmir, um, da, 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 da. and the people that he, um, the people he didn't know, he basically connected to on Monday and said, uh, um, love the fact that you really like um, rock and roll on Led Zeppelin 4. Yeah, it's a big favourite of mine. Uh, can we connect? Mm. So, um, and then the people that he did know, he went to them and said, um, yeah, I love the fact that you like um, uh, custard pie or physical graffiti. Yeah, it's not one that um, a lot of people like, but we seem to have a lot in common. Why don't we have a call? Mm. And then what we do is we teach people how to run that particular call because the, the, the important thing is that you don't turn up and, and talk jargon and say with the number one, da 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 da, da whatever, because people don't understand that. Um, and and you run the call in a particular way, which is um, you ultimately get the person to ask you to pitch to them. And that's what one of the things that we, we do. It's a part of the psychology that we teach salespeople on how to, to, you, to run that call to get success. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, these are ways and, and there's ways and means that you're able to go onto social media, talk to people as if you were talking to them like a networking event and getting them to open up and have conversations with you and ultimately saying, yes, I'd love to have a conversation with you because I'd love to have a conversation with another Led Zeppelin fan. Really fascinating. Tim, I could talk to you about this all day. There's a million questions that I didn't get to, but we're going to have to invite you back on the show because I think it's a super valuable topic. I think it's the future of sales and marketing as more and more of us interact on social and share our lives on social in many ways, good or bad. This is becoming the future of sales and marketing. And I think it's going to be increasingly important for every business. Last question, our traditional closing question, which I ask everyone is we're at dinner at your favorite restaurant. Have you got a favorite restaurant? I do actually, yes. What is it? Um, it's actually a, a small bistro in a place called St. Margaret's in West London called uh, Zorin's. So we're at this bistro. You can invite three people, dead or alive, Ooh. to make you smarter, better, increase your performance in some way, shape or form. Which three people do you pick? Um, John Lennon. Oh. Um, David Hockney. And Jimmy Page. And Jimmy Page. It's a very artistic collection of people there. I'm, I'm a, um, a, uh, a collector of vinyl records. I've got 2,000. So for me, um, outside of um, work, it's, it's, it, those are the sort of things that make me tick. Um, my father was a sound engineer at the BBC and I've inherited all of his microphones and reel-to-reel tape recorders. Love that. And I have a, my great-grandfather's 78 record player. I have 778s, if that means anything to you, um, as well. And so these are the things that influence me, and these are the things that I, uh, I'm passionate about outside of work. Tim, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. This is Influence is a production of Bridge Growth, the B2B podcasting agency for enterprise brands. I could not produce this show without our crack staff here at Bridge. Sarah Spence is our production assistant. Christoph Boaszczek is our head of production. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to This is Influence. <laughs>